Well, hello, everybody. We are back on the weekly podcast, and you noticed I am not Jason. Jason is on vacation this week, so I've moved into the middle chair, and you'll notice Steve's not me. We have I was wondering who I was. <laughs> yes. Steve so has good. moved into the chair today. Uh, we've invited him to come on to join our little conversation, and uh, we're going to do something we talk about every single week. First, how is everybody? How are y'all? Good. Doing good. I'm yes, doing well. absolutely. Glad I'm not outside right now as it is pouring. It, yes, well, it, it just stopped. It, it did the Georgia thing of it poured yes. like crazy. Yes. And then it, it stopped and now it's going to be 105 outside probably <laughs> yep. and, and sweaty. Yeah. Very hot and sweaty for the next 10 minutes until yes. it rains again. You know what I heard? Did y'all see, and this is a friend of all of ours from Colorado said, we're going to have a Saharan dust storm in our area. Mm-hmm. No, I had not heard that. I don't even know what that means, but oh, there was no some, idea. she posted some weather report. So, Sydney, if you're watching, I watched your, it made no sense to me. And I know you're pregnant. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> but uh, it didn't make sense to me. I think we have one every year. Do we? Yeah. It, 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 sun, sun, sunrise or sunset comes earlier or something because of it. Ah, Okay. This is another one of the trivial bits of information yes. that only Nathan Maybe, and yeah. Sydney knew. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sydney posted because all of her friends in the southeast were going to be in a dust storm yes. or something. Got I thought, you. really? I just saw something today that said we apparently have it every year and it's not that big of a deal. Oh, so. okay. Ah, okay. I've lived here 60 years, never knew we had it every single year. Maybe. There you go. Have we hit the summer solstice yet? June something, 22nd, right? Or it's something. today. Oh. Is it today? No, no, it was, yes, well, yesterday. 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 Yesterday was the summer solstice. So, okay, so happy summer solstice, everyone. Day <laughs> if that date is correct, I don't know. That's the date I have in my <laughs> right head. Right in this but area, so it's the longest it's right. day of sunlight. Well, now Steve's wondering: is this what you do every week? It is what we do <laughs> yeah. every single week. <laughs> we talk about nothing for a few minutes, but here we go. We asked Steve to come on because, as you guys know, our regular handful of regular listeners we talk about discipleship at some point every week yeah since jason is not here steve mm-hmm. leads our whole discipleship effort at community christian and we thought we would have him uh talk to us a little bit about that today for those of you who don't know so steve tell us about what the discipleship thing is uh maybe what's different than what people might think it is. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, that's where I, I thought I would, wanted to start today. And I'd be curious for, about you guys' experience. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, for me, uh, I didn't grow up in church, first of all, but uh, was baptized, became a Christian at age 16. And I think I really did whatever those words meant at the time, thought I'm giving my life to Christ, I'm following Jesus, whatever I thought that meant. I was baptized and it was meaningful. It really was meaningful. But the only thing that I knew apart from getting baptized, my simple game plan in my mind that I'd sort of picked up on was pray, read the Bible and don't do bad stuff. (laughs) That was sort of what I kind of informally picked up about what maybe doing life with Jesus meant. So fast forward from 16 to when I was baptized to when I was in my early, early 30s and I walked through the doors of Community Christian Church for the first time, just visiting the church like many of you have done. And uh, by that point in time, I had four years of Bible college under my belt. I had seven years of professional ministry under my belt. And I had largely failed at all three of those things. Mm. And so 
Uh, I'm just curious about you guys. You know, yep. did you feel like you had a little more? Somebody told you a little more about what following Jesus meant when you became a Christian? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because you and I are roughly the same age, and then I'm gonna let Nathan go because he grew up in my house, and then he can really tell people how bad it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I also had the exact same experience. Didn't become a Christian until I was, an adult, I mean, 19 when I became a Christian, 20 almost, and very very emotional really committed, went from being non-Christian to going to Bible college, all, I mean, immediately, within a, a few weeks. Wanted to learn the Bible, wanted to do what Jesus had me to do. I can remember the pastor who baptized me sending me a letter with the Bible and said, hey, you'll never go wrong if you live your life by this book and read some of it every day and pray. And that's the instructions I got. Mm -hmm. uh, I also then went into professional ministry and honestly, on and off for most of my life, I didn't do either one of those. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't re read the Bible regularly. I didn't pray regularly. And I did bad things secretly that mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. That was my experience as well. Right. Yeah, I think mine's not too dissimilar. I think, uh, obviously, I grew up in church. I grew up in this church. And so um, I was baptized seven, eight, somewhere around that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really, uh, grew up thinking really all the way through high school, thinking that following Jesus was primarily about going to heaven, mm -hmm. that there was, a there was, uh, things I had to do, things I had to know, things I had to believe. And there was a small amount of things that I had to do, um, in order to, in order to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I saw a Christian as being, uh, a t-shirt you wore that when you got to heaven, he had to let you in because mm. you were wearing the right t-shirt. And so I didn't really right. think too mm -hmm. much about what it to meant to, to follow Jesus. And, um, I was, I'm actually writing a message about discipleship. And so this is fresh on my mind, but the way that it went for me, most of us, I thought that following Jesus was about being a student of Jesus. And what I thought because of the American education system, what being a student meant was there's a lot of things you learn, only about 20% of it you ever actually have to do, right? You go to mm -hmm. school and you have to take two sciences and a lab, even if you're going to go and sell insurance the rest of your mm -hmm. life, you have to have geology lab because they tell you you got to, and mm -hmm. you got to take three foreign language courses or a public speaking course because those are comparable somehow, right. and <laughs> you can do one and skip the other, mm -hmm. and None of that, and every teenager says it at some point to their parents, of, I'm never going to use that, and it frustrates every parent and every teacher because they know you're right, mm -hmm. you're never going to use it. That's what I thought being a Christian was. There were Bible stories I needed to know, there were these things that I shouldn't do and things that I should do, but <laughs> simply knowing that I should and shouldn't do them somehow was all I needed to do. Not doing them was, you know, I never had a plan for how to actually do everything Jesus taught me to do. And so that was probably my life up until 1920, somewhere around there. Not 1920, the year. 19 years <laughs> old, 20, not that old. Yeah. I, you know, I think of the word as you talk about, Nathan. I think the, the word that or the thing that I was missing was intentionality. Right. And yep. I think it's has been, was my experience that I had encountered people in my life between 16 to 30 who had really impacted me when I was around them. They had mm -hmm. something yep. about them that I found very admirable and that I wanted, but I never made the connection in my head that behind what I was seeing and so moved by, 
lay probably years of intentional effort sure. right. that brought them to that place. It's kind of like I think about Joel, who's uh, in the background right now doing uh, sound for us, and John, who leads us in worship, and my wife. I just love to see how they can just mm -hmm. get behind a keyboard and just play. And I'd love to be able to do that, but I know I'm not willing to put in all the hours <laughs> and years of training that they right. put in behind all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm like, can you guys relate to that intentionality thing? Or oh yeah. yeah, that. And honestly, for me, and I really needed somebody. I needed somebody to help me be intentional. It Absolutely. really was. I, I'm such an and don't mean extrovert in that I'm just out the life of the party, but I am an external thinker. I have to have somebody to talk to about the stuff I'm trying to get done in my mm -hmm. life. And I just never had that. It mm -hmm. just felt like I was doing it. It was me and Jesus. It was just me and Jesus. And me and Jesus weren't getting it done. And I'm confident he was doing his part. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. So. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, when you talk about the intentionality and you talk in the example you gave of, of music, you know, and I think this is a Dallas Willard quote as well. Uh, so for those of you counting, we got another Dallas Willard quote <laughs> in the thing. But uh, that discipline is being able to do the right thing at the right time. And the example that was given is you talk about with music, the musicians sit and they practice and they practice their scales. And every, because I've taught music and I hate teaching music, one of the reasons why is because no student wants to sit down and practice their scales. But everyone wants to be able to get up and play some mind-bending solo. That, but, but it all starts with, I learned this is a key this is what, what notes go in that key. And so at the right time, I can do mm -hmm. the right thing. And, you know, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but in the discipleship program, one thing I noticed most people are fresh. Most people, at least in the discipleship groups I've led, don't really have as big of a deal of reading the Bible because, like you said, mm -hmm. most of our lives as Christians, we've been taught to read our Bible. Most people don't have as big of a deal checking in and talking, and especially if the group leader is pretty good mm -hmm. at being open and transparent. They tend to be open and transparent. One of the things I think most people tend to neglect and not want is the practice part. And we talk about there's certain practices you do on it. And the problem is I don't see how I've got this pressing need in my life right now that's maybe, and this is how most of us, this is how I operate in most of my life. I got a problem in my marriage. I got a problem with my kids. Fix that problem. Not seeing what you talked about mm -hmm. of the years of discipline of sitting and going, I'll sit in silence mm -hmm. as part of my life. And I don't see any fruit of this right now, mm -hmm. but it's preparing me to be a disciplined person that in the right moment where normally I would react by yelling and screaming or mm -hmm. whatever my natural inclination is that leads me to all the problems that have been, mm -hmm. I now have the discipline in my life to do. And so when you talk about intentionality, I think that's a huge part of this, that the dailiness of mm -hmm. what discipleship is that I am reading my Bible and I don't get something special every day. And I do this practice, even if it doesn't fit my personality and fits my lifestyle or whatever, I find a way to figure this thing out. And if I do that regularly enough, from the inside out, something changes. And then when I'm in the place where I'm having that problem in my marriage or with my kids or mm -hmm. with my, at my job, I'm now a different person handling that situation. Mm -hmm. And that changes the situation. So that, I think, when you talk about intentionality, that's often what comes to my mind. Yeah. It reminds me of that um, passage of Scripture in the book of Acts where people uh, observed uh the followers of Jesus, his disciples, after he'd, of course, gone and ascended. And uh, they were just, again, had that moment where they were just struck by them, mm -hmm. by their presence. Uh, and then it says, and then they remembered that they had been with mm -hmm. Jesus. And uh, so, you know, there is that 
dailiness and that, that re uh, regularity and that intentionality. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but as we began to think about what that would look like, you know, what this, you know, for the disciples, it was pretty easy because Jesus said, come and follow me. And they threw down their, their vocations and they just gave their literal 24-7 lives to him. So as we sort of started trying to wrap our minds around what that would look like for this century, for today, mm -hmm. uh, do you remember your wife, my wife, and somebody else, maybe Kelly, were in a daily, they were just reading the Bible That's together right, daily, yep. and they were checking in. And that sort of ended up being a sort of a central model thing for us yeah. to, mm -hmm. to, to get us started on that track. Yeah, because I had never had that. Yeah. But I could see the difference, and you could see the difference that it made in both of our wives' lives to have somebody they were regularly doing that with. And I just, I knew that if I could get to a place and do that and we could help people get to do it, it would make a difference. Yeah. Well, and I think we, we've all experienced that model, too, and we've seen it happen. This kind of thing you're talking about of the dailiness and having somebody show you the way, everyone has experienced either going to a youth ministry or leading in a youth mm -hmm. ministry where that does happen. Teenagers often pick it up and soak it up and children soak it up and they they grow a ton. And then something happens in college where they're done with that kind of ministry and they get kind of thrown back into, hey, let's all just sit in a service and do this thing or whatever, that that growth kind of stunts because I think to some degree when you have what you're talking about, the intentionality of someone that says, hey, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to be invested mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you in your life what it looks like to follow Well, Jesus. and I think more than that, I really think, and maybe I'm wrong on this, it feels to me among adult Christians that uh, I shouldn't need anybody. True, that, uh, right. If I do this right, me and Jesus should be enough. Mm -hmm. And Talk. I know some Christians that say talking about things that I do doesn't really help anything. Talking about, mm -hmm. it, you know, bringing it up, it doesn't really help anything. I just need to pray about it. I need to confess it. And mm -hmm. I don't think you could be more wrong on that. Yeah. Yes, so. uh, I agree uh, completely uh, with you about that. So, Steve, how, how does, for people that don't know, I mean, Nathan and I know, give people sort of a layout of what it looks like uh, and what our hope, our ultimate goal is for this. Sure. Well, and we've already sort of told you sort of the the bare bones structure of it. There certainly is an others piece. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, I think that's just been uh, important from the beginning is involving others in our spiritual growth. Uh, and then uh, we try to, to give some bare bones structure to it. You know, again, our walk with Jesus is in some ways unique to all of yep, us. That's know. right. Uh, it, it really is. And so what we try to do is to give enough help, enough structure so that uh, it will it will be uh, worthwhile for everybody. It'll be valuable for everybody's uh, experience with him. And so uh, the sort of the working, uh, the working definition uh, of what we do is continually learning from Jesus how to do every part of our lives uh, while helping others do the same. And so uh, that's sort of what those two elements uh, look like is content being in this perpetual uh, mindset of a student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and here's the, the reason why that's important. That's not just some manufactured important thing. You know, um, if you really uh, see Jesus about how he truly is, the, the truth is when he was on this earth, he was a teacher. And he, he taught how the kingdom could be available for normal, everyday people like you and me. 
And he even said before he left, and when I go, I'm going to send the advocate to continue to teach you. Right. And so his teaching ministry is still very alive in our lives today. And so he still comes to us regularly, daily. He comes to us when, Nathan, when you get home every day and you have those cranky girls that you right. have to deal with. Right. He is coming to you in that moment, and, and you have an opportunity to deal with that, uh, with mm -hmm. his power, and have the kingdom come into the uh, Martin household at that moment. Right. He comes to you, Ed, in the mornings when you're you know, reading scripture and you're, you're trying to focus your mind on him. He says things to you sometime mm -hmm. that you need to hear. Yep. He comes to all of us when we're in little settings like this sometimes and somebody says something it came from a human's mouth but god spoke to your spirit in yeah, some sure. so he's all the time coming to us in multiple kinds of ways still very much teaching us and so uh, we just think it's important to just be in that mindset of a learner and so we tr we've tried to um provide what I think are, is a centuries-old kind of way to go about that. And so uh, for us, that is a daily just uh, reading Scripture with other people, talking about that and about life, how Jesus has come to us in the day before and how we went with him or we did not. And, uh, and then just picking tools along the way that we can pick up and try on and use to see if those are some things that'll be helpful for us for that stage in our life. So I'm just curious for you guys, how was the experience of over the course of months picking up all these tools that we probably all heard about, mm -hmm. but I know I had personally never used a lot of, done a lot of intentional practices. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's, uh, I say to people all the time, we started this program uh, Mm, six six years ago, I think now, that we started brainstorming it. You put a little brief pack. Our staff had gone away for a retreat. We had decided to, to begin to implement this in our church because we never really had an intentional process for it. And started with our staff. From that moment, as I practiced it, and so now I practiced it with lots of different groups of people, every single day, uh, I'm not learning something new every day but the practices of these that i've been through now five four or five times mm -hmm. get deeper in my life and mm -hmm. i learn a little bit more like i, I mean my, my group is right now on the practice of prayer and uh the idea the practice i am currently doing is praying in in the moment in my work praying in my moment so it's not just i have a big prayer in the morning or pray when something's happening mm -hmm. i've I'm doing life with Jesus. So before we do this podcast, I'm saying, Lord, hey, we're going to do this podcast. Help me to hear the right things, say the right things, to encourage people and the guys that are doing it. And so that I can really feel like I'm doing this with him. Mm -hmm. That's something I had not done before in my life. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's changing me and the way I interact with the Lord moment by moment. Yeah. 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 I think same for me. Uh, my personality is to adopt a lot of different kinds of practices. And so, um, the thing that I love about this is that there's a consistency to it, which brings me back to things that I might either naturally neglect or I think I've moved past and I come back into. And like mm -hmm. you said, I kind of learn different things. But also there's a level to it that it, 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 if I allow it to, it leads me to things that may not even be part of the curriculum, but it points to, like I mentioned before, one of the things that I kind of adopted and it was, it was part of this process was 
learning out of this, and this is not this is not a practice that's in the discipleship thing of regularly writing letters to people in my life because one thing that became clear to me through this process is uh, I'm, I don't know what it is, but it's it, it, honestly, it's just a lack of humility that I'm not very others focused. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, it's not that I don't think about other people, but I don't keep them ever present in my mind. Mm-hmm. So most mm-hmm. of the practices tend to be like things like things that bother other people, quiet, solitude, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Those were easy for me because it was, it was clear to me, well, this will make me a better person. And if it makes me a better person then I focus on it, but things that are about other people. And so there's parts where you talk about like you read Philippians 2 over and over again about the mm. humility of Christ. And so it led me to this other practice of, well, I just need to do one way that I can do it. And it wasn't written in the curriculum, mm-hmm. but by that, like you said, this daily being in the presence of Jesus, he leads me to mm-hmm. even an additional thing. And right now I'm on the practice of revisiting my life plan that I made earlier. Um, there's mm-hmm. this rule of life you make which is, as you mentioned, very personalized mm-hmm. to me. So there are some practices from discipleship I've adopted, but there's these other things that God just made evident to me, Nathan, right. you need time on this. Mm-hmm. And so I think, but that only happens in the repetitive nature, very, and it's seasonal, right? There are seasons that certain things in discipleship hit me different, but you know, mm-hmm. this is now my third or my fourth group. And mm-hmm. every time there's different things that come out to me. So I think the, a lot of people get bothered by the routineness. I mm-hmm. think of, you know, I read the same books of the Bible over and over again as if someone was making new books of the yeah, Bible. That's what I always say. Read. They're only 66. Yeah. They're always only going to be 66. Yeah, but, you know, this is this may be like my 12th or 13th. We just started the book of Mark today. It's like my 13th, 14th time just in discipleship yeah. reading the book of Mark. But it's like, <clears throat> you know, even today there was something that I just, the picture of Jesus in my mind becomes a little clearer. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, while Steve was talking a minute ago about continually learning, I just had this thought come to me, you know, because I've been continually teaching <laughs> for mm-hmm. a long time now. Mm-hmm. But when people think about learning, I think most Christians, they think I need to continually learn. They do think about Bible study, not allowing Jesus to use the scripture to examine me mm-hmm. and to study me. Right, right. I am not, they think, the way I'm going to grow is if I can learn something new about the Bible today, if there's mm-hmm. a something I could learn about the Bible, mm-hmm. well, we're not, I'm not supposed to be studying the Bible. The Bible is supposed to be having an impact on me and allowing Jesus to look and go, I mean, why do you get so jacked up on social media? Mm-hmm. Why does that cause you so much stress? Right. Why do these things in your life? Is that, is that your plan? You just mm-hmm. want to be jacked up mm-hmm. all the time? Or are you willing to learn from me mm-hmm. how to do this? Yeah. That, that's a continual thing that I don't think most people get. They think continual Bible study, but it's really Jesus me study. It's Jesus teaching me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I think one of the things that concerns me a lot about doing these kinds of things for you guys and us being the ones to talk about it, is particularly this thing of discipleship, I often... Uh, worry that people see discipleship like we're talking about as being reserved for only the most spiritual or for mm. professionals. Right. And um, so what, what you guys have been at this for a long time, maybe t- talk to them about what maybe your observations and having dealt with people that are just like us, we are really, we're really are just common everyday folk. Yeah. What have you seen over the years? And just to kind of let people know that this is not just reserved for this, some elite group of spiritual folks. Yeah, unlike anything that I have ever done in ministry, uh, I mean, there have always been moments where somebody makes an enormous change and uh, 
their life becomes vastly different and they begin to walk differently. This thing, when I have seen people honestly engage in it, I think of a guy who's a little bit older than me and you, who had always been like me, very challenging to be around. He was mm -hmm. aggressive and he knew he was angry and uh, he's really, really engaged with this and he's just a normal guy. I mean, been a Christian, but never had changed that awful much. He would tell you his life has vastly, vastly changed mm -hmm. by the dailiness of this, not only going through it, but then as he committed to, hey, I'm going to continue to do this uh, with different people, and mm -hmm. I'll lead other people because you learn something different when you begin to lead it, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, it's changed his life, and I've seen that with people I've led, I, just vastly different than they would have been otherwise. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the, as I was talking before, the, the routine, cyclical nature of the whole thing meaning that you do it over and over again makes it so that absolutely anybody can do this because it's not a curriculum that you're trying to get the end of and get everything you can out of it within the, you know, whatever, 18 months, mm -hmm. something like that, that you, that you do a, a cycle of discipleship. The goal is that you do this the rest of your life. And so I have a person in, in my group currently right now who has became a baptized believer maybe I, but just before we started this group. And for him, the encouragement I keep giving him is you're still just at the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. Like, so everything was brand new to him mm -hmm. in all of this, but like encouraging him to, you can even go on and be a leader in this without fully understanding it because there's a cyclical nature and things that didn't hit you this time through will hit you next time through or the next time through, or it's about getting to the end of my life and being able to say, um, as Jesus commanded, and this is kind of, in, so it's fresh on my mind in this sermon that I'm teaching, that Jesus really did intend for us to be able to do everything he commanded us to do. Mm. That yep. we live very much, and it, it's hard even for us because we, we're at a no perfect people church, but there's these phrases that Christians end up using. You know, I'm, Christians aren't perfect, we're just forgiven, and which is true, we're forgiven, but there's this nature that we take into us and go, so that means I don't ever have to really get better at anything because mm -hmm. I'm just going to be forgiven. I, my life doesn't have to have any marked change in it. Mm -hmm. And there's a level of which the, the full grace of God, not just the grace that forgives me, but the grace that empowers me to mm -hmm. live my life yep. never comes in. But anybody can start this. Mm -hmm. And just by being with Jesus, being with other people who are trying to be with Jesus, you get a better picture of who he is. And as you said, you get a better picture of who you are mm -hmm. and that leads you to change. So I absolutely, I think anybody can do it and to make clear for yourself, my goal is not within two years to be Jesus or to be able to do everything Jesus commanded me within two years. Maybe a, it's a lifelong process of continually learning from Jesus how mm -hmm. to do it. And so absolutely, I think anybody. So I, I want to wrap this up, uh, this segment. Uh, Steve, you have anything you want to say to people about Anything else you think of? No, you know, I, I would just say, just in general, um, I know most of you who are listening to this truly love Jesus. Yep. Yep. And um, to whatever degree following Jesus um, looks like to you, I know that you, that's something you want to do. My challenge to you is to consider that there's probably a better way mm. than you're currently doing. And I would just love for you to be willing to to try that better way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Steve, for yeah. being here with us. I want to say to everybody out there watching, uh, you know, even in virtual settings now, we do discipleship virtually. And so if you're a person and you can't get out now, but you really want to figure out maybe the frustration of having to stay at home has raised something up in you and you want to figure out a better way to do life with Jesus, 
If you'll just reach out to us, help at community-christian.net, go to our website and click on the contact us. Just say, hey, I want to get in discipleship or I want to explore this. We would love to help you do this. And we're thankful you came out and told us about it today. Steve, thank you for being a part of our podcast. Thank you. I enjoyed being not Ed. <laughs> I enjoy being Jason for a day. <laughs> Way louder. This is the loudest Jason's ever been. Yeah. All right. We're going to let Steve go. See you. Well, we're back and we switched out uh, Steve for John. And John is here because John oversees uh, the outreach part of our church along with other things that he oversees. But today we have him here to uh, talk to us about the current thing we're doing called Neighbor to Neighbor. Is that what it's called? Or Coweta Neighbor? or Neighbor to Neighbor is what it's called. Coweta <laughs> Neighbor is the website. CowetaNeighbor.com is a website, but it's called Neighbor Neighbor. So for people that might not know, tell them a little bit about that, John, what it is. So Neighbor to Neighbor is a program that we started uh, during the pandemic when it began. And we found that there were a lot of people in our county who you know, were self-quarantining at home, as they should. Um, and then there are a lot of people that are in high-risk categories as well and can't easily get to the grocery store and weren't even comfortable necessarily um, having relatives or, you know, anyone else going out and do anything for them. So we were trying to find out how we could do something to to help people. So we began this program by um, really just identifying who was out in the county that needed our help. And we had our church congregation members donate items here at a box that we have set outside our office building at all times. Um, it's available 24 seven and they can make uh, contactless donations. And we check that box on a daily basis, um, just being able to uh, bring those items in. Uh, and then we allow those items to sit in a room for three days. And after three days, we take them into another room, package them up into a box and have a volunteer deliver them to someone who has identified that they need to receive those donations. So cool. how do people let you know that they want a neighbor to neighbor box? Well, we have a, a variety of ways that it can be done. We've advertised uh, throughout the community. Uh, the primary way that you can let us know is by going to www.cowetaneighbor.com. There is an application right on that website. You can fill that out. Um, it really only takes probably two minutes to fill that out. And then as soon as you submit that application, uh, it comes to me and then we'll get a delivery set up for you at that point. Um, yep. if, if you don't have internet access, um, you can call us here at the church office and we'd be happy to just do that for you. Um, our number, I don't know if it's going to be listed on the screen or not, but it is 770-251-9516. And you can just speak to any staff member and they can place that order for you. Yeah, I think that's been one of the surprising things to me and maybe to some of you all as well is the number of people we found that don't have good internet access and just can't fill it out for themselves. And uh, we, you know, we do that for them. So have them call the office for that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about we've been doing it a month, a little over a month, six weeks? Yeah, I would say closer to six weeks. I think the first week was sometime towards the end of towards the end of April, maybe the first week of May. So yeah, we're right about the six week mark. Um, we had a big, big wave of uh, requests come in right at the beginning. Uh, then it kind of lulled for a little bit. And now we're starting to get more of a regular um, 
amount of people that are needing to receive help. We have a lot of volunteers who have graciously donated their time to deliver these. Um, big rotation of people that are doing that. You know, if you're interested in doing that, you can also just contact me and let me know that you're willing to deliver. We often make those deliveries on Thursdays um, during the daytime. So if you're interested in volunteering, uh, you can just email me at jmartin at community-christian.net. Let me know. Be willing to help with that, uh, set you up with a time to do that as well. But we've been doing it for about six weeks, and I would say that we have done. I, I just looked before I walked over here, and we're right around 170 people that we've done uh, oh, that we've awesome. taken meals to. I sh shouldn't say meals, but groceries to and household items to over the last six weeks. Um, and in fact, we had one person uh, just attend church on Sunday online uh, was someone that we had taken a uh, box to. And if you don't know, what we do is when we deliver those boxes, we put just a tiny little bit of information about our church, just saying, we're a community Christian church and we love you. And here's some information about our church and they can uh, view our, our service online. We don't invite them to come in person, but we do invite them to watch online because we know that um, they're taking precautions of staying at home. Yeah. And uh, she raised her hand on, I don't know how long she'd been viewing. Do you know if you just took it or how long? She has received two different um, boxes. Oh, so cool. so she, uh, I would say probably has, it's probably been in the, our system for a month. So I don't know how long she's been watching online. Oh, that's but. cool. Yeah. Finally, this Sunday, she texted us and let us know she was watching. And so uh, she's now a community Christian attender, just mm -hmm. like if she had showed up on, on in person and uh, we're taking a gift over to our house, first timer gift, like we do for everybody else this week. So, John, anything you want to say to the people about it? Uh, our donations are where we need them to be. Uh, I know you can share the website with people. If you know people that have need, just share it with them. Tell them about the website or tell them to call the church, and we'd love to try to help. Yeah, and you know. What I would say is don't don't be too proud to ask for help yourself. Um, if you're someone within our church that you feel like, well, this is my church doing it. They probably don't want to do this for me. Um, that is not the case. Um, we have helped people within our church already. So it is OK if you are someone who is stuck at home um, or not even stuck at home, but you feel like I, it's best for me and my family to stay at home right now. Go ahead and fill out that form. We'd be happy to um, bring you a box, um, especially if you're in you know, financial need and as well, like I said, staying at home for that. Donations are going great. We have a lot of great uh, volunteers that are bringing things in regularly. But if you haven't been able to donate yet, like I said, the box is available outside our office building. It is available 24-7, and you don't even have to interact with a staff member. You can just come and drop it off, and we check that box every single day. Um, so, you know, even, even on the weekends when we're not here, someone drives up here and we check it. So it will be checked daily. And, uh, the list of things to get is on the website. Correct. Not on CowitaNeighbor.com, but it is available at community-christian.net. And there is a card that says neighbor to neighbor. If you click that card, that's all the items that we're accepting, but really it's pretty standard. Any non-perishable items, um, and household cleaning things, uh, cl cleaning products, I should say, and, if you're able to find items like gloves, masks, hand mm. sanitizer, we really don't have any of those. We would love if you donated those because I know mm. people are wanting those items in their boxes and we don't have a lot of those because, as you know, they're not on the shelves. So if you happen to run across some and you can spare a few to donate, uh, we would appreciate that well, as well. That's a great idea. I hadn't even thought about that kind of thing. And the great thing about that website with the card is you can click on it, Take it to the store with you. It, it just pulls up on your phone. You can see the shopping list right there. Mm -hmm. So anything final you want to say or you got pretty much everything you want to say? No, I'm very thankful for what our church does to help the community. Uh, everybody always does a great job. 
Um, it's just been very inspiring to see a lot of people come out and be a part of that. So I'm really thankful to all of you that are uh, a part of that. And maybe those of you that are considering being a part of it, um, we really do appreciate everything that you do to help other people during this time. Yep. Thank you all for doing it. John, thanks for coming out and talking with us today about that. All right. So everybody, to continue this little bit of different podcast, we have brought Joel out from behind the switcher Producer and the board. Producer Joel. He is on screen today just because uh, we know a lot of you don't know uh, him, and uh, we wanted to give you a chance to get to meet Joel. So Joel, why don't you tell everybody how you wound up being here at Community Christian? Uh, so I was born April 25th, nope. 19... <laughs> no, Speed ahead. Uh, so Speed um, ahead. Uh, I would say a couple years ago, I was looking into uh, this residency program that uh, connects uh, future leaders with uh, these churches, and they're really looking for churches that don't want somebody to just intern and just do a job, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't do copies every day, which is really cool. Um, I don't make people's coffee. Um, Who's been making my coffee? <laughs> I, yeah. I usually Steve, I think. Oh is, yeah, that's but, Steve. Is, uh, Steve's very Steve, much a servant. He, he I didn't know there early. was even a chance I could have asked you. Could I ask you to make coffee? Uh, you would be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> I am not a coffee drinker, uh, and I've only owned a Keurig, so that doesn't. So I can't really help you. Why did you own a Keurig if you're not a coffee drinker? To be hosp- hospitable. Ah, yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Joel's a nice guy. Yeah, like me, I would not own a Keurig if I was not a coffee drinker. So, uh, yeah. So I went to this organization when I was looking at maybe I want to do uh, ministry. I was already in college for a music degree, and I thought, uh, you know, there's no hurt in trying to look at this thing. And uh, so they're they're connected with a bigger. Um, I guess agency to give big churches their their staff so they could look for them rather than the staff having to take all the time to do it. But um, they basically said, "Yeah, Joel, you're not ready." I'm like, "Cool, I like a direct answer," and I really appreciated that. Um, they they were not rude; they were you know direct. But they told me about this residency program, and I thought you know I'd give it a try and see uh, what what that has for me. Maybe it's not for me, but. Uh, you know, like I said, I really enjoy that they're for chur- the churches that are there are for developing the next generation yeah. of future leaders rather than, hey, we need somebody to do this job. And, uh, you know, which, you know, they keep, you to, where did you go to college? Uh, I went to college at Youngstown State University. Um, and where is that, Joel? For in, those of us in the south that not aware of anything above Tennessee. So uh, it's in northeast Ohio, um, about 40 minutes from where I live, which is East Liverpool. It's Known as a pottery capital of the world. Is that but where the Beatles are from? That is that is not. That is Liverpool, which is east of East Li- Liverpool, okay. so I don't know why it's called that. But, um, yeah, so. Pottery capital of the world? It was. It was. Uh, who who overtook them? Uh, I think it, people just stopped using pottery. Yes, <laughs> yes. Pa- paper plates were just more convenient, I guess. But, uh Hard to so, break a paper plate. It, it is. It is. <laughs> but pottery is pretty easy to break. Yeah. So if you're really into uh, saving the environment and everything, go ahead and get some pottery. But you know, <laughs> there you go. And re-employ people in Easter, li- Easter, East e- Liverpool. Yes. Yes. Lord. Ohio. Yes. So I am from the north. All this uh, humidity is a little new to me, and the uh, temperature and the allergies, um, which I hate. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't so, love it. 
No, none of us love it, but we like it better than the North. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Just in general. So uh, we also, uh, for those of you who are wondering how we hooked up with that, same kind of thing. We were in the process of uh, exploring how could we make a difference, not just uh, with people that we were hiring, but in future leaders as well. We have some people on our staff that we've been investing, I mean, in our church that were the same age as Joel that we've been investing in through the years and uh, was approached by this organization to see if we would consider doing this. And we thought, you know, it's a great opportunity. Uh, Joel, we didn't promise Joel a job at the end of the time. He's spending some time with us with the chance uh, that, you know, he would be ready to go into ministry, which was what he was trying to prepare for. And uh, so what's the experience been like, Joel? <laughs> how much how much have you enjoyed not making coffee for me? Um, you know what? It's, it's a disappointment because I really want to make coffee for you. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, there's a... There, there's part of us as we're growing up when we're in uh, high school and all that stuff because in reality I'm much closer than them to that. So, um, <laughs> but you know, your life is kind of already planned out and it's very mapped out, and you're always doing what everyone else is doing. And you know, this kind of the first time where I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing, and this is totally not uh, the normal thing to do, which is cool, but. Um, it's been it's been this thing of especially with the virus and everything going on it's been this thing of my job's always changing my everything's changing so it's uh every day i'm kind of it's a good thing because i do like change and it's uh i get bored very easily <laughs> so uh it, it's really cool that each day um brings something new and it really gets me out of my comfort zone which uh <laughs> doesn't take much to do but uh <laughs> But but you know it's it's really cool. I I know that. Um, is this out of your comfort zone? This is very much out of my comfort zone. <laughs> uh, we've been we've been filming worship and the music uh, in front of cameras, and I've been saying I could be in front of people, and that's fine. Uh, these cameras just freak me out. Um, so if How I how do you feel about? the hidden cameras that we place in your office. Um, well, now that I found out about them, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be looking for them. I, Good luck. Yeah. So, the teddy bear I gave you. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, I just thought that was a that was a nice nice, nice gift. It wasn't. Know? It wasn't. <laughs> so. You know, the other thing that uh, people don't know about this and people don't know anything about it, you might not even know Joel was here as a resident. He's not an intern. He's a resident. Mm -hmm. Uh, is that he lives with people in our church. Yes. Uh, so every few you months. You may not know it. Joel's living in your house. <laughs> exactly. For we the, didn't tell you, but just like the hidden cameras, he's there. The, the thousand subscriber to our podcast will That's get right. Joel for the rest of the time. That's right. <laughs> well, I don't want to promise that. Yes. Yeah, we don't want to get your hopes up or anything. <laughs> yeah. So that's been a part of it as well. So you might volunteer. Maybe you want Joel to come live with you. Let let us reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll sift through, you know, the thousand subscribers and <laughs> the millions of emails of people who want me to live in their house. And, you know. He'll figure it out. We will not ask him. All right, so Joel, <laughs> just some random questions here for Joel to get things going. Joel, what is the – you play many instruments, I know. What mm -hmm. is the your favorite instrument that you play? Uh, you know, I, I would probably have to say, uh, probably vibraphone. I know that's like just an odd thing. Um, 
I knew you were going to say it. something like I that. Too. I thought it was um, going to be didgeridoo, but I didn't know. No, uh, I knew it wasn't going to be any instrument that, that he would actually play here. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's just my plug to let you know that I do play another instrument. I just want to make sure that was a part of it as well. Yes. So tell me about the vibraphone. Man, uh, it's it's uh, it's great for jazz. So if you're into jazz, which I bet is a very very select select little bit of audience, we have a big jazz population here and in the south. Maybe we do. I don't know. I don't I'm think not so. Aware. No. And I've been in our. Th- if you are a lover of jazz among our subscribers, would you just comment on this? How sure. much you love jazz and who is your favorite jazz artist? And you know, who are you? <laughs> yeah, while, while we say that, I think really if we want to get more comments, if you don't like jazz, why don't you comment <laughs> down below because I feel like we'll get more comments that way. Yeah, that's So true. the vibraphone has nothing to do with a phone. Uh, no. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. It's in the uh, xylophone family. It's it's like uh, it's a mallet percussion instrument that doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, it's a it's a metal keyboard. Because we're dum dums. Uh, we're just big old dum In the south, we don't know nothing but the three string banjo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Tell us about it, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's offensive if I do the accent, but it's okay <laughs> it's if you do. It is very offensive right. if you do it. But mallets, you play with mallets yeah, like a yeah. xylophone. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you play the chords, you, you have a good time. That's all. That's all. Right. Who is the greatest vibraphone player of all time? Not me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you Honestly, you could say you were and we'd all no, accept we'd all it. Know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's me. All, all of if, if anyone who knew me in college is watching, they will be very quick to say that's not true. But, you know. All right, so what is what I know for sure is no one from Youngstown State <laughs> is watching this. You never know. My Joel's mom probably mom, is. John, uh, Joel's mom may be watching. Sure. She mom. will be if we tell her that he's on here. And she's become a friend of mine. Not, I mean. <laughs> All we, right, great. We, we have a limited conversation. I'm friends with Joel's mom. All right, great. All right, Joel, so what is one thing from Ohio that you miss? Something like we don't have here. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe it's something like that. What's something that you are excited about? Um, revisiting when yeah i i think uh they they call it ohio valley pizza and what it is is uh the cheese and the toppings are put on after it's cooked so you so you get kind of like cold cheese but you get um like you know the the crust and everything would be hot and it's sauce is hot Sauce is hot, uh, but the cheese, I think they put a layer of cheese when it's cooked, but then they put more cheese on and the toppings on that is not cooked. Hmm. And so there's none of that here. Um, so, but I've been, I've been working on losing weight. So even if I did go back, I don't think I'll eat it, but it's, but it. Uh, I would eat it if you would make it. You know what? I, make it, it can't us. be, it can't be that hard. No offense to everyone who's, uh. All of you Ohio Valley pizza makers that are also subscribers. Yeah, so uh, this would be a great place to uh, start a business with uh, Ohio yeah. Valley pizza. So do it. Restaurants somebody, never have a high percentage I think of somebody who is out there should make us Ohio Valley pizza. Go and Google that, make it for us, and bring, bring it. it, and we will We'll try. eat it on the podcast. We yeah. will. You bring it up, we'll eat it on the podcast. All right, yeah. so what's one thing in the South – that you had not experienced besides allergies and humidity yeah. what is something you had not experienced and maybe it's food or something like that that you that you now either and not e- and not driving yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, i've been i've been telling them the the traffic even though it's not that bad is just way more than what i'm used to so something for, other yeah. than driving uh other than driving uh 
Armadillos. <laughs> well, Armadillos. that's true. I yeah. bet you don't have those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I was driving one day and I just, I just saw, uh, unfortunately, some roadkill. But it freaked me out that there was an armadillo because yeah. I had no idea uh, they like were They're like rats with, with armor. Yeah, uh, the, with shells. The, the armor doesn't possums. work. There are possums in Ohio. Yeah, yep. There are there are plenty of possums. This so. is just a possum in a tank. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but they're <laughs> not indestructible. <laughs> no. They are not. They're very <laughs> destructible. Yes. They are. Yes. Uh, like World War One tanks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Stop some things, but not most things. Yeah. All right. That's good. all the questions. I just thought people might be interested in those in those so, questions. So. Uh, you all have seen him if you're online or in person. You've seen Joel leading, uh, leading worship. In person, recently, he's only been playing drums. But this coming Sunday in the in-person he's service, up. Joel is going to be leading. Yeah, so I expect you to be there. Yeah, um, get excited. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> as excited as you get when anyone else is leading as worship. As excited as Joel is. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> the most excited I've seen Joel the entire time he's been here. So. All right. I think with that being said, we're going to wrap up this version of the Jason, Jason Collins Less podcast. podcast, which has just been a collection of things, a little bit of what goes on in my head every you know, moment. You know, Lots of different things all equal. You know, I think Jason is now, though, going to come back and say that we had to have three people to replace him. <laughs> that in order to, in order to, to help, you know, to, to, to deal with Jason's loss, we had to have three separate people. So. Enjoy yourself on the beach, Jason, but there we're ready for you to come back at any point, and any of these three can be my replacement. There you go. <laughs> Great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> See, See ya. ya. Bye.